Oh my god, I put my <sighs> aircon at 23 degrees. Uh, hold on. Why? Bruh. I cannot. I hate the cold. I hate... Oh my god, it wasn't even 23. It was 22 degrees. Mine's always at 25. <gasps> I cannot relate. Can I relate? Welcome to Hidden Among Us. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Honda. And this is episode 36. I think it's 36. Is it? Oh my gosh. Uh-oh. Can you believe that we are in like, we're nearing 40 episodes already? It is just and so weird. It'll be 50. Oh my god. Yep, it is episode 36. See, I've got it. I've always got it. Yeah, we are like four episodes away from like... 40. That is so crazy to even think about. Oof. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, on the day we are recording... Happy Lunar New Year to everyone who's celebrating... Gongsi Fa Chai. Chai. Is it not Thai? Yeah, yeah. It's not like C H. Yeah. I have like a interesting story to tell about like Chinese New Year. So my primary school, um, I genuinely think that it was run by a bunch of weirdos because all the teachers were like strangely obsessed with getting us to memorize songs it was so weird (laughs) so for chinese new year right um for some reason several weeks leading up to the day like the there's a day where the school celebrates they will make us like learn the songs during assembly and sing them as practices how did did your primary school ever do that no (laughs) Okay, so mine did. They made us, like, practice it every assembly. So, naturally, um, the upper primary girls, because I came from an all-girls school, um, the upper primary girls, so like, that was, like, primary five, primary six. Actually, primary four to primary six. None of us wanted to actually sing because we thought it was super, super embarrassing. That it was, like, <laughs> extremely paisay. So, we didn't sing, right? And the teachers used to, like, I kid you not, they would scream at us they would literally like lecture us on not singing and it was so bad Aye. that like i don't know and it was so bad that they used to like hold us back after assembly just because we refused to sing and it was so weird because like they were forcing us to learn these like chinese new year songs and it was like like thinking back it was so strange like there's no way for me to rationalize this in my head like, do they have that same energy for like for like do they have the same energy for Deepavali or Hari Raya oh of course not of course <laughs> not but like it was so strange it was legitimately like the strangest thing and like they expected us to memorize these songs I don't think my primary school was like that okay so my theory 
is that my primary school was obsessed with the idea of turning us girls into like the perfect ladies like the most well-mannered like probably born out of the 17th i mean um the 19th century like those kind of like well-bred ladies so their way of like forcing us to sing these songs was us having to listen to them and to be like docile <laughs> enough to like do as they say which i think is completely like bs like i don't mm-hmm. know i feel like a lot of things my primary school did was just like strange so for example they had this rule where our socks had to be three centimeters above our ankles and like the discipline mistress would walk around with a ruler and if she thought your socks were too low she would legitimately get down on her knees and she would measure to make sure that your socks were three centimeters above your ankles yeah and they also implemented this rule where on our way back from the hall um we weren't allowed to speak we were we weren't allowed to make any noise so what they did eventually was they attached prefects and my god okay prefects were like a whole other thing in my primary school so um they attached prefects to every class and what the prefects were supposed to do was as you walked back to class they would take down notes so they would take notes um and they would show the discipline mistress to like basically say that hey this class was like well behaved on their way back to class is it not like the weirdest thing it feels so mm. like authoritarian like some sort of like alternate universe kind of school Yeah and like the prefects mm. were like so ready to tell on you so they would always like write down <laughs> names and at the end of like recess there would always be this long queue of prefects outside the um discipline mistress's class because they were basically giving them their little like notebook with like all the names of the students that like behaved badly the... Is the mo- is it not the wow. most like dystopian thing is so weird like i think back to it and i'm like what the shit happened in my primary school man <laughs> sounds fun i know but anyway so for everyone celebrating uh, the luna new year um it's a year of the ox so just like the ox made this year be stable and sturdy and resilient for everyone You're born in the year of the ox, right? Yeah, I'm born in the year of the ox. <laughs> But I, I don't know how relevant. Okay, it's, this is strange because like Honda and I are relaying our like well wishes for Chinese New- Lunar New Year, but both of us don't celebrate. <laughs> um. Well, either way, uh, hope everyone has a great day. I hope everyone. eats a lot and spends good time with your families and you receive a lot of angpaos this year. Also, on the day we release this episode, <laughs> yes. it will be Valentine's Day. So like, happy Valentine's Day. Wow, there's a lot of well wishes this episode, huh? Anyway, um, mm-hmm. happy Valentine's Day. Hope all you couples mm, have like a long... stable 
happy relationship. <laughs> and for everyone that is single, we celebrate this day by I don't know what would you say for single people. Um Let us have achieve fun. our dream. Yeah, have fun. Achieve your dreams. Um, whatever they may be. <laughs> uh, yeah. My goodness, Honda. Don't you miss like, um, celebrating Valentine's Day in school? Hmm. Yeah, I used to go all out. <laughs> yeah, my secondary school. Okay, so both of us came from secondary schools where it was like this very rich culture to. Give gifts, especially on Valentine's Day, because we came from like all girls Catholic schools, and like it was like <laughs> a I don't know about you, but in my secondary school, it was like a legit celebration day. Like the council would have stuff for us to celebrate with, and it was quite interesting. Like what? Like um. I think they had one of those, like you can buy flowers for a friend, that kind of thing. I'm pretty sure that the parent support group mm-hmm. will come in with like stuff as well. If I'm not wrong, mm-hmm. yeah. But it was just it was just a very fun day. Like um, classes like everyone would write letters to their classmates and they give chocolates to everyone, and it was just like a very fun, nice, wholesome day. Yeah, I remember my class. Like every table is filled with chocolates and flowers. Yeah, it's just so nice. Ah, well, I miss those days. Cause like when we graduated from secondary school and we went to our JC, like it wasn't the culture there, and it was just like, is no one gonna do anything for Valentine's Day? That's just so sad. <laughs> I mean, our class was like mostly girls, so. It was kind of easy to do that again. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, we hope that everyone has a good Valentine's Day, has a good Luna New Year, and February is about to end in like two weeks. So there's no. That. I don't know about everyone, but the year seems to be going by pretty quick. At least because we're old. Maybe I don't know. Oh well. So Honda, do you wanna tell us your story? It's my turn. What do you mean it's your turn? Of course it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, you know we always like okay. play this prank, but <laughs> we like genuinely know if it's our turn or not, for the most part. Of course. <laughs> But sometimes you do get shocked. <laughs> yeah, especially when Chen's around because I'm like, shit, um, did I mess up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's easier to keep track of just two people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my story this time is about Ted Kaczynski. I see Ted- it doesn't ring any bells. <laughs> um... Ted Kaczynski. Kaczynski. Hmm. Kaczynski. I don't know. <laughs> Who's that? Oh my gosh. He's also known as the Unabomber. 
Honda, is he isn't is this not one of your favorite crime stories? I feel what? like you is this not one of your favorite crime stories? I feel like you've mentioned the Unabomber to me like a billion gajillion times. That's because there's a Netflix show and I've probably made you try to watch it and you of course I did. Didn't. I tried to watch it. It's um it's with Sam Worthington, right? Um I couldn't get past the first episode. It was so slow. Yeah, but no, other outside of that, I you've mentioned the Unibobber in like several conversations. Oh wow, okay. Have I, I? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you have. Okay, so this is great because I genuinely know nothing about the Unibomber. Like my brain right now is just static. <laughs> I have nothing in my brain. So fill okay. it with some knowledge. Thank you. Yeah. The story of Ted Kaczynski is an interesting one. His name is Theodore John Kaczynski and he's born on May 22nd, 1942 and he has an IQ of 167. No. <laughs> yep. It's another smart killer criminal. Oh my gosh. Okay. So he graduated high school at age 15 and completed his PhD in mathematics at 25. Interesting. <laughs> and then at twenty, then at twenty five, he would be the youngest professor to be hired by University of California, Berkeley. Twenty five and a professor. That is like. We're like twenty three. Yeah. No, but it's also kind of crazy because, like, to do your PhD, it like takes many, many years. There's like no mm. way to like. I don't know. Oh my god, that's crazy. Like, can you quote any yeah. professor with a PhD that is like under 30? No, you can't. I mean, there are a few. There are a few very young professors. Interesting. Yeah, but, you know, even with like a bright academic career, he would eventually be known as the Unabomber a recluse in the woods who created bombs which killed three people and injured 23 other people. Wow. That's crazy. So, Kaczynski was born in Chicago, Illinois to working-class parents who are Polish-Americans. And his parents said he had been a happy baby, but when he had severe hives, he had to be isolated from his family in the hospital with limited contact from others. So after this incident, um, his mom said that he showed little emotion for months. Oh, okay. Mm. And he was known to be a happy and healthy, uh, well-adjusted student in Sherman Elementary School in Chicago. But he later had to transfer to Evergreen Park Central Junior High, Junior High School, where he skipped sixth grade after testing 167 at an IQ test. Wow. I, He's so young and you can test that high. Yeah. 167 is still like mind-boggling to me. Mm. Yeah, but after but when he skipped, he felt like he could not fit in as the older children around him were bullying him. Oh. Kids are terrible, mm. man. Yeah. And when attending uh Evergreen Park Community High School, he showed interest in mathematics. And he would spend hours solving problems. 
And soon after, he began to exceed his classmates. And he skipped the 11th grade by attending summer school, which allowed him to graduate high school at the age of 15. Wow. I cannot imagine liking mathematics that much. <laughs> I freaking hate Doing advanced math. solutions. I hated math. Yeah, so after high school, he entered Harvard at age of 15 on a scholarship in 1958. Yeah, but in his second year of Harvard, he participated in a psychological study led by a Harvard psychologist named Henry Murray. Mm -hmm. And this study entailed the participants having to debate personal philosophy of the other participants. And they had to write essays detailing their personal beliefs and aspirations. And then these essays are then submitted to an anonymous attorney who will then confront and belittle the participants and use the contents of the essay against them. What? So, yeah, the physiological reactions of the participants were monitored and filmed. And later, the participants' outbursts were played back to them repeatedly. Oh my... Okay, that's a freaking weird study. It's like... Psychological torture and then Yeah What the shit And this experiment Lasted three years Where Kaczynski Was abused And humiliated Each week He spent A hundred hours As part of the study Madness. Apparently like, The study Was part of Project MK Ultra, Which is the CIA's Research into mind control And some suggested That this event Had been pivotal In Kaczynski's life In Kaczynski's life which made him go into the path that he did. But he would say that, that I'm confident my experience with, experiences with Professor Murray had no significant effect on the course of my life. But I'm pretty sure it had a significant effect on his life. Yeah, I mean, in a way, to go through something like that where like your work is torn apart, diminished, and your outburst is like recorded is... One, extremely dehumanizing. Two, obviously, it's a traumatic thing. Like, even giving regular mm. people criticism, like, it hurts. Every time anyone receives critiques, it's going to hurt. Like, I cannot even imagine what that must have been like. So, for three years. Yeah, for three years. So, if he said that it didn't affect him, um, maybe you have, like, the mind of steel or something. I don't know. <laughs> Mm. And later in 1962, he enrolled in University of Michigan where he earned his master's and doctoral degrees in mathematics in 1964 and 1967. He specialized in complex analysis, specifically geometric function theory, whatever that is. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, professor in the school were surprised at his intellect and drive for his age. But he did not really have pleasant memories at the university as he felt that they had low standards of grading. Low standards of grading? Yeah, in the end, his grades were... He had 12 A's, 5 B's, and 1 F. What was the F for? <laughs> my God! <laughs> Arts. <laughs> the, the only oh non-science, non-math course. He's like, like, Wait, it. for real? I don't know, I don't know. Oh my god, I don't know can what you the imagine one F for, though? But... Like, his F is for like something easy like watercolor or some shit. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a UE and like he gets an F, but it's like the easiest thing ever. Mm. It's just that it's us. 
Yeah, I mean, 12 A's and then only 5 B's. It's, just, it's quite good. It's damn good. It's like freaking unheard of. <laughs> um, in 1996, for a period of several weeks, Kaczynski had intense sexual fantasies of being a woman. And to the point where he decided to undergo gender transition. But then, mm-hmm. yeah, he even arranged to meet a psychiatrist, but changed his mind at the last minute in the waiting room. Okay. Yeah, he was like enraged afterwards to the point that he considered killing the psychiatrist and other people who he hated. Wait, why was he enraged? I have no idea. Maybe he suddenly felt embarrassed or something. But he didn't even see the psychiatrist. What? (laughs) Okay. It's like Mm -hmm. blaming aliens for like your financial issues. What? Okay. In 1967, his dissertation won the Summer B. Myers Prize for Michigan's Best Mathematics Dissertation of the Year. And in late 1967, at age 25, became the youngest assistant professor of mathematics in the history of University of California, Berkeley. (laughs) He taught undergraduate courses in geometry and calculus, but he is not not well-liked by his students because of how he thought straight from the textbook and did not answer students' questions. Interesting. He seems to lack social skills. Hmm. Yeah, and he... But then in 1969, June 30, he resigned without any explanation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, guess that was something he couldn't... Calculate Badoom Moving on (laughs) So after resigning He moved back to his parents' home In Lombard, Illinois And in 1971 He moved to a remote cabin That he built outside Lincoln, Montana Where he would live a simple life With little money No electricity And running water Oh god, he lived (laughs) off-grid Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah, he was a recluse. He worked odd jobs and received a bit of financial support from his family. Alright. He wanted to live peacefully in nature and he learned survival skills such as catching game, identifying edible plants and organic farming. And he would use an old bicycle to get around and volunteered at the local library. Okay. <laughs> But his life in the woods showed him that that, that life was impossible because he saw the destruction of wildlife around his cabin for real estate development and industrial projects. So he then started reading works on sociology and political philosophy. Honda, right up your alley. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, this is where he gets a bit more interesting to me. Okay, no, but you see, in the end, he turned to the arts. I'm I'm, I'm telling you... There is no way to live without the arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll see why later. Like I found it quite I found him quite interesting. Okay. So, yeah, his bombing started in 1978 and then ended in 1995. So it was quite a, a long time he wasn't caught. Wow, okay. Yeah, he would mail out or hand deliver sophisticated bombs that in the end killed three people and injured 23 others. Yikes. 
His first bomb was to Buckley Chris. He was a professor of materials engineering at Northwestern University. And on May 25th, 1978, he received a package with the return address being his own address in the parking lot at University of Illinois. He was suspicious of the package because, you know, the return address was his address and he did not send out any packages. Mm -hmm. So he then contacted the campus police where Officer Terry Marker opened the package and it exploded and caused minor injuries. Okay, thank goodness. Yeah, luckily it's minor injuries. I mean, it's his first bomb, so it wasn't as sophisticated yet. Yeah. Yeah. He sent another second bomb one year after the first one to Northwestern University. And the bomb was concealed in a cigar box, which was left on a table. A graduate student named John Harris was injured as he opened the cigar box. Oh, no. Yeah. Then in 1979, a bomb was placed on the cargo of American Airlines Flight 444, flying from Chicago to Washington. But the bomb fortunately did not explode due to faulty timing mechanism. But if it had exploded, it had enough power to obliterate the plane. Also, like, mid-air, like... Yeah. Oh, God. Especially if it exploded on takeoff, it's worse because yeah. the plane has more fuel. And also, like, I, I mean, I don't know how it works because, you know, science, but, like, there's a lot of, like, air compression in the in a plane. So, for example, if it maybe even started a fire, it would spread through very quickly. Mm. Crazy. Yeah, usually takeoff is quite dangerous because of the amount of fuel mm. in the plane. Mm-mm. Yeah, so after this incident, the FBI got involved and they designated the case as UNABOM, Unabom, University mm-hmm. and Airline Bomber. Oh, oh, so that's what... It, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, interesting. Because I was like, mm, you know, bomber, what does it even mean? Hmm. Yeah, and the next bomb was sent to President of United Airlines, Percy Woods. So his bombs will have unique clues such as adding initials FC hidden in the bombs. FC meaning Freedom Club. And he would also leave a note in the bomb. One of the notes found, uh, it read, Woo, it works. I told you it would, RB. He would also have a theme with his bombs, a theme of nature and wood. Oh. He would include tree branches and tree barks in his bombs, and his targets were Percy Wood and Professor Leroy Wood, which are some examples of his obsession with wood. Okay, listen. When you (laughs) said that there was a theme, I fully did not expect it to be actually thematic. Oh my god. I'm just... Okay, like, imagine telling this story to, like, someone from another planet. It's just so <laughs> bonkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in total, there were 16 incidents of, uh, of like, bombing incidents by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're mostly professors and... Mm, People in high positions. I, okay, but I don't understand why he's going for professors and stuff. Like, I guess 
I would expect most of these um, killers and stuff to have like a motive. I mean, not to say that every criminal has a motive, but something as complex as this, usually like one would expect to have like a motive behind it. Like maybe they were wronged by like this particular kind of people or people from a certain job or whatever and so they target them carefully Mm -hmm. but like what did these professors do to the Unabomber like I don't see a link-ish like why would he want to go after them Mm. I mean investigators initially thought it was a bit it was like random but mm-hmm. then they saw that he had a phone book and he actually really chose them. Yeah. So yeah, he really did a motive. He had a motive behind who he chose. Mm. So he actually had a six-year break and from between 1987 and 1993. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then, those can take breaks, but it will never actually stop. Mm-hmm. So in 1994, later in 1994, a male bomb was sent to his home in North Caldwell, New Jersey, which killed Burson Marsteller. Yeah. And in a letter to New York, uh, New York Times, Kaczynski wrote he had sent the bomb because of Moses' work repairing the public image of Exxon after the Exxon Valdez oil spill. Well, carrying on with his nature theme, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, of course, like, ki- like in killers, uh, criminals like him, he had a manifesto. Of course. Of course. He has a lot to say. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Expect nothing less. In 1995, he mailed letters to media outlets which outlined his goals where he demanded a major newspaper to print his 35,000-word essay um, named Industrial Society and Its Future. Okay. Yeah, he he demanded if... He said that if his demands was met, he would stop his bombings. Oh. Yeah, ultimately, Attorney General General Jeanette Reno and and the FBI allowed for the manifesto to be published in hopes that someone could identify the author. Oh my god, do you think it's on JSTOR? Um, I don't think it was published academically. Oh, true. But apparently, apparently you could find his math dis- dissertation. If you want to read math. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Oh my god, can you imagine being like a math major <laughs> and like you, your dissertation, like for your essay, you use his dissertation without even realizing that he was to uniform. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I mean, crazy. I was actually looking on Reddit, looking on Reddit about him, and then um, apparently only two people cited his work, oh which meant because apparently his research was super specific. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it was. Oh quite my god, new. it would be madness if you like without even realizing cited him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in his dissertation, he would write that technology has had a destabilizing effect on society, mm. which makes life unfulfilling and cause widespread psychological suffering. 
Mm, okay, arguable. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he believes that technological processes progress can be stopped, and yeah, unlike people, he says he says that he understands technology technology's negative effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he calls for a return to primitive lifestyles. Wow, man, really said, throw your <laughs> phone away, and retreat to the woods. <laughs> Yeah, there is actually a subreddit like that on Reddit. Like about... Which is called clean living. Like going back to like primitive lifestyle. And they were talking about his work. And they were like praising it. <laughs> you see, I was fully ready to respect this primitive living community <laughs> until they were like praising his work. So I guess... Um, good day to everyone in the priv- primitive living community who doesn't <laughs> adore this guy's work. Mm. But before the pu- uh, publication of the manifesto, Kaczynski's brother David was encouraged by his wife to follow up on suspicions that Ted was the Unabomber. Oh, but my God. David was. Mm, but David was dismissive of the idea at first, but he got more serious af- about the idea after reading the manifesto. And he would search through old letters that Kaczynski had sent to newspapers to protest the abuses of technology. <laughs> Wait, crazy? How did the wife figure it out? I think the wife was always iffy about her brother, the oh recluse my God. in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my brother-in-law lives in the woods. He, like, hunts his own food. Oh my goodness, okay. Mm. And after the publication, the FBI received thousands of calls a day for months. And most were calling in response to the offer of a reward for information. Okay. There were also letters claiming to be from the Unabomber. Oh no... <laughs> At this time, David hired a private investigator to investigate his brother's activities and even hired an attorney to organize evidence to be given to the FBI. Mm -hmm. But while he did suspect his brother of being the unit bomber, he was also concerned of a violent outcome if the FBI were to raid his brother's cabin. He was scared it would end up like a situation in Waco. Hmm. You know, you know Waco, right? No. <laughs> Waco is a FBI standoff with the uh, I forgot what cult group was that, but yeah, there was a standoff, and in the end, the the building that housed the cult it burned down. Wait, with them wait in it. Oh my god, oh my god, I just listened to an episode about this cult with, oh my goodness. Okay, yes, I, yeah, now I know, hold on, I, I, I just listened yeah, to So it. every time, every time there's like, you know, like crime shows and then there'll be an episode on cults, they always talk about Waco and how they're like, it, we, we cannot make this like Waco. They always um, talk about Waco. W-A-C-O. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of the cult? 
Okay, wait, 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 wait. It is by yes, the branch <laughs> dividends. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, the branch dividends. Yeah, um, the cult led by David Koresh. Correct, correct. Mm-hmm. I just listened to this episode of cults. Criminal of- Minds had a similar episode to wait this. It's very fascinating. Anyway, if like anyone out there wants to listen to like an interesting podcast that covers cults, um, there's a podcast called Cults by Parcast. <laughs> so I usually listen to um cults on the way and from work. I don't know why. It's just interesting to hear about cults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yes. Now I know. I know. Yeah, so the copy of this manifesto was then given uh, to an investigator investigator at the FBI in February 1996, who then uh, forwarded the essay to FBI profiler James R. Fitzgerald. Oh, and wow. he he recognized the similarities in writings by using linguistic analysis and determined that the author of the letters and the manifesto were the same person. Okay. Yeah, so... This was combined with the facts of the case, which allowed for the application for a search warrant. Okay. Yeah, the FBI team interviewed David and his wife, and the, they provided the FBI with more letters, which allowed investigators to piece together a timeline of his activities. Mm-hmm. And then on April 3, 1996, FBI agents arrested and Unkempt looking Kaczynski at his cabin. Unkempt? What was he living in like the middle of the woods? Oh. <laughs> 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 he had no comb because there weren't any nope. tree branches he could fashion into one. <laughs> Terrible jokes with Chris. A new segment on Hidden Among Us. <laughs> It'll be one hour long. <laughs> People will click out in the first 30 seconds. Less than that. Yeah, the cabin housed many bomb components and handwritten journal pages that included the descriptions of bomb-making experiments. And they also found the original manuscript of Industrial Society and its future. Oh, wow, they found the original. Yeah, so I'm going to move on to the court proceedings. A federal grand jury indicted Kaczynski in April 1996 on 10 counts of illegally transporting, mailing, and using bombs, and three counts of murder. Yeah, so his lawyers attempted to enter an insanity plea to avoid the death penalty, but Kaczynski rejected the plea. How are you going to plead insanity with his IQ them high? I know, right? And so he requested to dismiss his lawyers and hire Tony Sarah as his counsel. Sarah agreed to not use an insanity plea, but instead um, make the case based on the defense on his uh, anti-technology views. Okay. That's difficult, but okay. Yeah, but Kaczynski tried... But Kaczynski tried to commit suicide by hanging on January 9th as the request was unsuccess- unsuccessful. Oh, okay. 
After the incident, the psychiatrist concluded that he suffered from paranoid schizophrenia and paranoid personality disorder. Mm-hmm. But on January 21st, 1998, he was declared competent to stand trial. And okay. the prosecutors sought the death penalty, but he avoided the death penalty as he pleaded guilty to all charges on January 22nd, 1998 mm-hmm. and accepted life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's actually still alive and serving his sentence at a supermax in pri- supermax prison in Florence, Colorado. Okay, wow. I'm about to and it's reported. Space. Um, it it looks like what you imagine a, a person in the woods would be like. Okay, you know what? You're right because I thought you were going to say it's what you would imagine him to look like, and uh, this certainly was not what I imagined him to look like. But now that you said. It, like imagine someone <laughs> who lives in the woods egg yep i agree <laughs> i mean if you see his earlier pictures when he was still in university he doesn't look that bad no his trial pictures he actually looks like intelligent yeah he is interesting mm, his prison life is actually quite interesting because it was reported that earlier in his imprisonment he befriended Ramsey Youssef and Timothy McVeigh. I see the names don't ring a bell too. Okay, to so, me, um, the second... Ramsey Youssef sounds quite familiar. To me, the second name was more... It ring the bell for me, Timothy oh. McVeigh. <laughs> so, Ramsey Youssef was the one of the perpetrators behind the 1990... Wait, no. Yeah, Ramsey Youssef was one of the perpetrators behind the World Trade, World Trade Center bombing. Yes, okay, yes, <laughs> yes. Mm. And Timothy McVeigh was the, the guy behind the Oklahoma City bombing. Which I have never heard of. Okay, if you see pictures of that bombing, it's pretty like, wow. Cause like one whole building, like one the side of it is all gone. Holy shit! Uh, it was a it was a car bomb. I how like your tone implied that I would know too, and like I was like, oh, I've never heard of this. All right, interesting. I see bombing cases aren't something that you always look up. <laughs> <laughs> Since Ted Kaczynski didn't ring a bell for you, I see. <laughs> You don't listen. But you were like, yes, Waco, I've heard of this. <laughs> if this was like a degree, I would specialize mine in serial killers and cults. <laughs> you would specialize in like um, Japanese crime and bombings. <laughs> <laughs> So this trio, they discussed religion and politics and they formed a friendship which lasted until McVeigh's execution. Oh my god. Also, yeah, so I, I guess just... they were all on the same frequency. Oh my god. Also, I just googled Oklahoma City bombing. Oh my god, your description didn't even like... It's the building, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. The way you described it is like a part of the building is like gone, but like the real scale of the bombing is 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. you you thought it was like a small building, right? This one's like a giant building. Yeah, oh my god. Okay. Well, I I I see he has Yeah. And the number of deaths was 168. Holy shit. Holy shit. Mm. I think the three of them have the common trait of very grand sort of like crimes mm, I'm not sure about Timothy McVeigh but at least for Ramsey Youssef I guess his um, like motive behind the, the World, Trans- World Trade Center bombing you know had to do a lot with politics and religion yeah. which yeah. Kaczynski also like had a lot of um, um, like thought behind his bombings also interesting so I guess they, they could connect over that <laughs> big yikes Okay. Yeah, the you the interesting thing is the US government seized Kaczynski's cabin and they put it on display at the museum in Washington DC until it closed at the end of 2019. Then I wanna see the cabin. <laughs> is it like closed for good? Or like co- closed because I mean, of COVID it's... and they'll reopen at some other point in time? Um it's in storage. <laughs> Oh no! Okay, interesting. Wow. Mm. Yeah, uh, quite a few of his items were even auctioned off. Oh wow! It's quite yeah. interesting because, like, I think even with I forgot who that other killer was. Was it Ed, Ed Gein? I can't remember, but yes, Ed Gein. I think some of his um stuff was actually auctioned off as well and people were like rushing to buy because <laughs> it's just mm. so for Kaczynski strange. his um the money that the, the money from the auction was given to the victims oh, of the bombing okay okay yeah so wait i want to show you the picture of the cabin it's like it's like like this in fbi storage Oh my god, it's tiny. Oh my yeah, god, it looks like one of the Animal Crossing houses. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that you can just transport like a building, not a building, but like a structure just like this. <laughs> I know, right? It's so weird. But yes, you, the, when I was researching the case and then I was like, the, it was quite similar to the Netflix show. Mm-hmm. I think the Netflix show was pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Just that the angle that they took was on Fitzgerald, FBI agents analyzing the manifesto. Okay, so that's Sam Worthington's character, right? Mm. Yeah, she, and because like um, the show took on a, like a linguistic perspective. Oh, okay, okay. That's interesting. Huh? Sorry, I can't remember. I thought he was like portrayed. As yeah, a so drama. I thought it was an interesting. I don't remember that. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was interesting. For the stick aspect. Yeah, no, even for example, the movie Arrival, it follows like linguistics mm-hmm. and it's just. It's so fascinating that so much can be deciphered and understood through language. And that. It's kind of mm-hmm. interesting how 
in a way language becomes very personal to one person so the way i write is not the way you write and it can be traced back to yeah. me so it's it's sort of like a very interesting footprint to leave behind mhm But yeah, you should try and watch the Netflix show. I think the guy who played Ted Kaczynski looks quite accurate. Interesting. Yeah, and like the whole cabin in the woods, and they even, yeah, and they also showed how the they brought the cabin into storage, and everything. Yeah, it was quite accurate. Whoa. Okay. I mean, the likelihood of me actually checking to show out is quite low, but zero. I'll keep it on my list of things I need to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's probably zero along with Mine Hunter. Oh my goodness! Okay, okay, I will do my best to give it a shot. If you have nothing else to watch on Netflix, it's good. Yeah. I, I mean, it's switch. it's crime related, so it's not that dry. Yeah, boring. maybe I just really have to push through the first few episodes. Yeah, and then when they finally, you know, get onto getting the killers. Okay, um, okay, can. But Mine Hunter is a bit different. Yeah, I, I just I have to push through. That's it. <laughs> Whoa! Thanks, Honda. That's. Interesting. I think this is like the first bombing sort of story we've had. Mm, I think so. I think yeah, so too. I don't think we've covered anything like it. Wow. Always mind boggles me when like super super intelligent people commit crimes because like once again it's not really expected mm-hmm. of them. I mean, this is probably the second person that had like a really high IQ. Yeah. That we covered. First one was Ed Kemper. Yeah. Kemper was smart. So it's quite, quite interesting. It's quite scary. <laughs> yeah. But then once again, like true to our podcast's title, like these people are literally <laughs> hidden among us. So. Beware of your university classmates, and watch out for your, your neighbors. <laughs> watch out for your neighbors. Beware of that TA. Joking, please <laughs> don't <laughs> view everyone suspiciously. It's such a sad way to live life. I'm, okay. sus- I'm suspicious of you too, Chris. <laughs> Honda, how can you suspect me? I'm an art student. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and click that follow button on Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and whatever podcast platform you listen to. And you can follow us on Instagram at HGU Podcast. Share us a message or send us a story if you'd like. You can also email us at hiddenamongustree at gmail.com. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, happy Lunar New Year and happy Valentine's Day. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.